Hey, everybody. Welcome to Investing in Cannabis. I'm your host, Brandon David, as always. Great show. Great show today. We have Jake, the CEO of Garden House, uh, which is a brand house. And in his portfolio, you probably know uh, the best known brand in that portfolio is Dom Pen, uh, one that's been around for a while. So a uh, product that originally was in the market in 2014. We talk a lot about survival and what it's like to be a California brand that is a legacy brand and made the crossover into into rec. Fascinating look at how hard it is to be a brand in California um, and ultimately why he thinks their brand is still here um, and ultimately what makes another good brand. Um, we talk about his expansion plans, his licensing in other states. Really, really interesting episode. He had me uh, just at their house. Him and his brother run the company. Uh, it was a great day, great interview. I learned a ton. You're going to learn a ton. Tune in, listen up, get acquainted. If you listen to the show every week and you really get a lot of value out of it, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I'm so pumped, not just that you listen to my show, but that you want to learn about the cannabis industry. Maybe you're inside the industry, you're listening to your competitors or a partner or a client you're going after. Uh, the show has grown a lot, but there's really, there's this core 1,000 people that listen to the entire show on the day it comes out. And I just love you guys for it. Um, but anyway, I, I want to hear more from you. So give me some feedback. Uh, what I should do differently? How, should the show be any different? Uh, write me a review on Apple, on Spotify, SoundCloud. Something funny you heard, something you learned. It really does help the show. Thanks for doing that, guys. Well, man, good to see you. Thanks for having me at your awesome office house here in Los Angeles. Beautiful day. But welcome. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah, this is really exciting. <laughs> you seem very excited. <laughs> <laughs> My um, face might not show, but I am actually um, excited. Let's start with an easy one. What's Garden House? Garden House is a boutique cannabis brand house based in Los Angeles, California. Okay. Brand house. I like this. That's what your website says too. Yeah. Um, what's a brand house? What does that mean? A brand house, we uh, develop brands. So right now we have two brands in our portfolio. We have Dom Pen and we have uh, a brand new product, a new brand called Koa. They're pre-rolls, uh, infused pre-rolls. Got it. And um, how did you decide that you wanted to do that, that you wanted to do the mini pre-rolls? Why is that? The mini pre-rolls? Yeah. Uh, you know, our, we built one of the core tenants of our, um, of our brands and our company is offering products that are, you know, convenient. Um, so we're strong believers in convenience and that convenient products are the future and do really well um and we've had a lot of success with that with dom pen so yeah just the convenience of the mini pre-rolls um and with that brand we saw that most infused pre-rolls you know are bigger and you know too potent to consume in one setting and then a lot of the dog walkers aren't potent enough so you need multiple so it's kind of you know we looked at that and we decided to do an infused mini pre-rolls to kind of fix that issue. Yeah, super popular at the moment. The infused minis, they're pretty 
they're pretty rad. I like it's them just a lot. exploding. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exploding. And have you seen that too? Like the response so far has been, it's yeah. been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. We, um, we launched at hall of flowers and we sold out pretty much instantly, mm -hmm. you know, without going to our, you know, top chains that's just with new you know new dispensaries so yeah it's been really positive and we've been getting reorders which is you know more important than even getting the shop so um yeah it's been it's been really really positive so we're we just uh we've been ramping up production to kind of meet that demand and we expect a lot of growth uh from that brand mm -hmm. moving Absolutely. into next year um so kind of the og brand in the portfolio is dom pen which I think a lot of people will know that name. You guys have been around for a long time. When did you start that brand? It was so we first uh, started prototyping in 2014, the initial Dom Pen. Uh -huh. um, and then we soft launched in 2015, and then we hard launched in 2016. Uh -huh. So it was kind of a gradual process. Um, but yeah, so it's been about seven years now. And why do you think that brand has survived. I mean, if you look at the companies, all the vape companies that have come and gone since then, why do you think Dom Pen is still here? I think, well, you know, behind every brand is a group of people. And I, I think that we've, you know, we're really adaptable, uh, you know, just as a team, you know, we've been able to kind of adapt and grow with the market. So I think on the back end, um, you know, our team is, you know, has just been really strong and we've always kind of been a hybrid between, you know, kind of cannabis, the cannabis world, and then also kind of the more, you know, corporate startup world. So having the ability to navigate those two worlds and kind of bridge that gap, I think is ultimately what's, um, led to us, you know, surviving and, you know, thriving. Um, so yeah, I'd say that that's, it's, um, it's no easy task to go from a legacy brand to now completely wreck and legal and everything. And that's yeah, crazy. Other states and everything. I mean, did you envision that time where you would be licensing in other states? Yeah, I, th I think so. Um, you know, it's when Dom, who's my co-founder and I first moved out to California, we thought it would be more like. Colorado at the time. So, you know, more developed. Uh, but, you know, it was definitely a gray market when we first moved out here. But, you know, even though we were, you know, operating in that gray market space, you know, filling pens on our couch, we always, you know, had a long term, uh, you know, thought about the brand and the business in the long term. And, treated the business yeah, you um, had the vision. like you a, saw it. Yeah. yeah so yeah no we always uh you know saw the long-term vision and um you know we've had the same approach of you know that expansion through licensing um since you know we started expanding so that also hasn't changed too um what makes a good brand i mean you talked about operators but you're a brand house how do you what makes a good brand? I think consistency, mm -hmm. product consistency, and honestly, just sticking around for, you know, a long time and really, you know, continuing to offer good products, you know, continuing to innovate 
Um, so I'd say, yeah, consistency. And then also, you know, continuing to innovate and push, you know, those boundaries is, you know, makes a good brand. Um, and also, you know, I think forming personal relationships, personal brand relationships with, you know, customers, with people in the community, I think that also makes a really good brand. Mm -hmm. Um, if you look around the industry and you were talking about Hall of Flowers, I mean, there's like maybe 500 brands there, something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Like a crazy number. Maybe you know the exact number. I don't know. Um, first of all, like who starts a new brand today? You know, and then secondly, like... A lot less people starting new brands today than were in 2019 and 2018. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's true. Um, they realized how hard it is. Is that why? Well, I think what happened was in 2018, when legalization happened, there was a lot of money that, you know, poured into the space and a lot of people from outside of cannabis, uh, you know, hired the same agencies, you know, they were targeting the same demographics, um, and, uh, they, there a disproportionate amount of the capital raised went to servicing the new consumer. And, and when I say the new consumer, I mean, you know, moms and, um, yeah, new cannabis consumers, novice consumers. And there was kind of a whole piece of the pie that was kind of left out. So I think it was just really competitive in the, in that side of the market. Um, and I think a lot of people, you know, weren't able to make it through just because of the competition. You're seeing a lot of the brands that are doing well right now are servicing, uh, or a lot of, you know, legacy brands that service, you know, cons more experienced consumers and stuff. So, um, I think it was a lot of people, a lot of the people launching then were trying to reach that consumer. Now it's kind of shifted and people are targeting, uh, you know, more experienced consumers, can the canosaur demographic. That because they've realized where the market is, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I think everybody's been talking about this next wave of consumers, soccer moms and lawyers and everything. And like, is that coming? Do you believe in that? Because that's not where it is today, for sure. Well, I think it's different in California than it is in other markets. I think in California, that wave's kind of passed. Um, but, you know, I was just in Massachusetts. We just launched there and there. I think a lot of the growth is going to come from that new consumer. So I think it just depends on the market you're launching in. Um, but then as that market matures, it'll do the same thing California did. And you need to be ready with your live resin and then live rosin and whatever the next thing is mm -hmm. when that happens in, you know, that market or in the new emerging markets. Mm -hmm. Um Let's talk about retail for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, in much of the retail in other parts of the country outside of California, you know, MSOs kind of put whatever they want on the shelf and they sell out, right? There's just limited brands. Do you think that they can develop quality brands or do you think they need to buy them? You know, how do you think about that strategy as a brand house yourself too, right? Like, you could buy more brands. You could develop more brands. I think they, they, they could, but I think it stunts innovation when, you know, when you have less competition, which they do in Florida and these uh, new markets, you're not, 
you know, it's easier to be lazy when you have less, you know, competitors. Uh, so they don't have the same pressure on them that we do, you know, in California, for instance. Um, so I think a lot of the brands that will, a lot of the more sustainable brands that will do well in the long run will actually come from more competitive markets like California, where we're forced to innovate. It's a little bit like, you know, and, you know, the tech, tech world where you have one company that dominates and then suddenly like, you know, the iPhone happened and then there haven't been that many changes made to the iPhone, you know, since it was launched because they have so much market power that they don't, they're not forced to innovate. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's a little bit like that, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, so you distribute to how many stores in the state? Like in the state about 250, about I believe. Yeah, something like that. Um, why do you continue to do your own distribution? Does that still make sense at this point? And, and then beyond that, like, do you ever think about being more vertically integrated, you know, more parts of the... Of so the we actually don't distribute anymore. Oh, okay. um, we're actually changing our site right now. So maybe that's where we got it. Yeah, right. we're updating everything. Um, but yeah, we don't distribute. We're working with Nabis yeah. now. And that's just been a complete game changer for, for sure. our company. Okay. Um, it's just allowed us to focus on what I think we're really good at, which is, you know, building great products and brands. Um, and, you know, distribution is a hard business. Hard. So kudos to the Nabis people and the herbal people and all of Kiva from, for doing it. But uh, yeah, I mean, we were doing it. We were making, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of deliveries, you know, a year. Um, we were distributing for third-party brands as well. And, uh, you know, we now that we've transitioned to focusing on our own brands and kind of taking that outsource model, it's it's been great for us. Mm-hmm. So we're not further verticalizing. I'd say we're kind of doing the opposite and kind of taking more of a focused approach and, you know, kind of taking more of that asset light approach. Um, and there's a lot of brands in the state that own their own retail, right? They're trying to develop that. Hmm. And their argument is like the margin is so much greater with those brands because we're selling it ourselves. Like, how do you compete with that eventually at scale? Well, I think you can compete with it. It's kind of a funny thing in California cannabis right now where um, I think you either have to be more asset light and or, you know, completely vertical, like the way Stizzy is with their retail, mm -hmm. um, with owning the retail as well. So, you know, if you have the capital and access to that amount of capital to do that, then that's great. And, uh, you know, I think that that's one way to survive. And then an, another way is to be, you know, asset light to, you know, outsource different things. Um, and I think both are, you know, great approaches to take. I think the area in the middle is where people get squeezed and where it becomes hard to compete. Got it. Um, so yeah, you can get it in dispensaries. You probably have a lot of dispensary relationships because you've been here a long time. How about on the marketing side? I mean, how do you get people to care about the brands, go into stores, ask for them? Um, so for us, it's been, you know, just taking, uh, an in-store marketing approach. Just, we've been focused on that pretty much since the beginning, you know, cause in cannabis with the advertising, you know, the regulations around advertising and stuff like that taking the in-store approach is definitely what we've seen as the most effective approach. 
Um, so we've done over 2,000 in-store demos, what we call PADs or PADs, um, or Patient Appreciation Days is what we, they were called, I guess now they're technically not. But mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's been huge for us, uh, taking a bud, a bud tender centric approach um, because they're, you know, the gatekeepers in cannabis. So we have a streetwear brand that we've built and we built that really specifically for the bud tenders. And it does really well, you know, with bud tenders, um, you know, gifting, bud tender gifting um, goes a long way. So that's, uh, I think, a great approach. And also embedding, you know, and a lot of people, they think about, you know, marketing and they're like, the more, the better. And it's like, I think quality over quantity um, is, you know, I always think about, um, you know, ROI and marketing you know, or the best approaches are low cost, high ROI, um, at least for us, because, you know, we don't have as much capital as the bigger mm -hmm. companies that can just do a ton of stuff, um, you know, and just put, have these, they just have these crazy marketing budgets. So, uh, you know, doing stuff like shifting, a good example of, of this is, you know, with our packaging, we had 500 milligrams written on the front. And when we shifted, from 500 milligrams to half gram, we saw our sales shoot up significantly because people realized they didn't know what 500 milligrams was. Mm. So when we, you know, wrote it out as half gram, they, you know, suddenly the value was that much more obvious. So that's an example of doing something that awesome. cost us nothing. Um, you know, another approach people with displays, they like to go bigger uh, versus, you know, you know, what we do is we take the approach of it's going to be really expensive to get, you know, a big, you know, to pay the slotting fees and get a huge display. Why not? Let's make a small display that's really captivating and different. So we have kind of unique sculptural displays that do that. Um, so, yeah, doing that and then also embedding share, I get shareability. I don't know if that's a word, but into your product. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, so we have like a green light at the end of our pen. So if you're at a party and you hit our product, people will see the green light, ask you what it is, and then the logo's on the product. So when you're using it, you're constantly interacting with the brand mm -hmm. versus some people will, you know, they'll put a ton into marketing, but then the product doesn't have their logo on it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, totally. So. And you're talking about the disposable skew the all-in-one right? i mean yeah. and and the carts now but yeah. and even our pre-rolls you know have our logo and that was a big we wanted to make sure that we did that yeah no super important i mean when i get a pre-roll that has a raw tip on it i'm like okay well i could have done this i guess you yeah know? you have no idea yeah, what you is you're no like idea. this was an amazing experience yeah. where can i oh, where wait. can i get it again <laughs> yeah. uh i can't uh, <laughs> uh -huh. um good stuff how about on the digital side like do you think about DTC stuff? Do you think about delivery? How much is a, of that is a, is a part of it? Yeah, so we're actually launching our D2C, um, cool. like a lot of brands have done that over the past year. Yeah, so we're launching that in about a week. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to do a big uh, Cyber Monday launch with that. Um, and that will justify you know more spend on the digital advertising and mm -hmm. marketing side of things. With Grassdoor, or how are you going to... Yeah, that's with Grassdoor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been working with them um, on that. Yeah. And then the, uh, yeah, but we've always, I, I come from the more of the digital marketing and media world. So we've always kind of 
done some, you know, cool stuff on the digital marketing side of things. Like we have Greenlight Sessions, which is an online music series that's done well. It has over half a million views now and, yeah, you know, all completely organic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right there. Um, so we're going to bring that back um, and, you know, just social media, you know, content, online content people love. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, how much do you think about like different demographics, right? Like how much do you think about, okay, we have this product for this demographic, this product from this demographic. Is that part of the master plan here? The Yeah, so we, our goal has always been to offer a product for every type of consumer. Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that differentiates us. You know, we have our ratio line, for instance, which is, you know, higher in CBD. So, you know, those are you know, lighter pens and for newer consumers. And then we have our distillate line, which is more of our kind of mass market product. And then we have our live resin line, which is for, you know, more of a cannabis, you know, consumer who wants the cannabis flavor profile. And then now we have our live resin that we're launching for like the, you know, super premium Canisore consumer. Um, so just offering products for everyone. Um, but then also we t definitely take a lean approach to our business where, you know, we are like a lean startup, I guess is what it's called, where we, you know, do a lot of testing. So we'll put products out and then we'll learn from, you know, from our consumers and then, you know, invest in product lines accordingly. So um, we've, that's the other benefit to having so many different lines is we can see, you know, you know, what does well and invest more and kind of move with the market. And what is the sales mix like today? I mean, what's, what's most popular? Our classic line, which is our distillate and botanical terpenes. That's, you know, still our, you know, the bulk of our sales, about, about 50% of our sales mm -hmm. are, you know, and it's our most affordable product. It was our first product line. Um, it's so that's, you know, our, our top seller right now. Mm -hmm. Got it. And there's a couple new products coming, right? That you just put in my hand where I don't know where they went, but there's a new partnership that you're doing. Correct. It's uh, what's it called? Uh, breathe with me. Yeah. yeah Tell me about yeah. that a little bit. So breathe with me is a, uh, a nonprofit, um, based in LA and they're, you know, fight for racial, uh, justice. So they, you know, were active, um, in the black lives matter movement and they do a lot of really cool stuff. So yeah, we have a collaboration with them. We're doing a big black Friday launch. I believe we have close to 20 of our shops on board right now for that. So super excited, uh, to, you know, for that. Um, and that's a part of our greater collaboration series. So we've done quite a few collaborations over the past year. Um, we did a collaboration with Eel River. Um, nice. They're they're awesome. Sonoma Hills Farm. They're kind of a small, um, yeah, a shout small out to farm. Joyce. Shout yeah, out. yeah. Joyce is the super homie. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really love working with them. Um, we're doing a Sunday school collaboration pretty soon. That's been in the works for a really long time. Uh, so they're a really cool brand. Um, yeah. So yeah. We've, Definitely have a lot of collaborations that we've been rolling out and we're going to be rolling out over next year. When you do the collabs, do you see the spike in sales? Like, does it, 
work for a period of time or how, how does it roll out? Yeah, it, it works. I mean, it's still kind of new for us. So, um, TBD on how, yeah. how much it, yeah. you know, yeah. how successful they will all be. But yeah, I mean, I, it just, you know, we've, we've seen, it's been really, uh, yeah, it, it has been successful for us mm -hmm. so far. Um, and it's great for, you know, it allows us to expand into different markets. Like for instance, Eel River does really well in Humboldt County. So, and we have historically, we've, our biggest market has been SoCal and LA. So it gives us an opportunity to kind of reach customers up there, you know, versus Sunday school is, you know, in the kind of the streetwear space. And so that'll bring in customers from, you know, that world. Um, so that's, you know, a big part of it too, is extending our, our customer base. Is there a product category that you'd like to be in that you're not? I'd love to do, uh, you know, take eventually to do kind of like a tabletop vaporizer would be really cool. Mm -hmm. um, that, that would be a, an awesome space to kind of hop into eventually. Mm -hmm. You know, we have this pre-roll brand, so that's kind of been, you know, our focus. The beverage space is interesting. Um, we were working on a CBD chlorophyll water Okay. Called green water. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe we'll launch that at some stage. We kind of put that on the back burner. Uh, it's been a lot just within the Dom pen and Dom uh, lineup. Um, and then also this new Koa brand. Mm -hmm. So yeah, those are the. Um, so you're seven years into this business, something like that, right? Uh -huh. Six, six seven years. years. Seven years, which is an eternity in in weed years. it's like dog years yeah, yeah it's, it's like crazy seven, that's like 49 years right forever. there yeah. um tell me about the journey of sort of raising money or having conversations about raising money you've been very asset light as you said a couple different times but um tell me about your experience there in in this industry yeah so you know in early on you know in 2015 2014 even 16, it was, you know, pretty difficult. Um, just because at that stage it was so new. So the only investors really hopping in the space were, uh, you know, people who were self-funding, uh, you know, or I don't know, super, you know, or riskier, you know, investors. Yeah. Um, and then in 2018, when legalization happened in California, and then also in Canada, you started seeing a lot more capital flowing in, you know, to the space. So it was way easier to raise money then, uh, you know, than it is, you know, now, at least for a lot of, uh, you know, brands focused companies. Um, and then, you know, when everything kind of crashed in 2019, it, uh, or I guess, yeah, that would have been an end of 2019, uh, it just became virtually impossible for anyone, at least in California, it's seemingly so to raise money. Um, and now things are bouncing back. Mm -hmm. uh, and then once, you know, safe banking passes, I think we'll see um, a huge new flood. Yeah. And sure. yeah, flood of capital. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's just kind of going along that, you know, cycle. It's been, it's been a journey. Yeah. Um, and have you raised throughout those different stages or? Yeah. So during the initial kind of cannabis boom 
in 2018, we raised, we raised our seed round. So it's about $1.8 million. Mm -hmm. um, so smaller relative to the hundreds of millions some brands were raising. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that happened. And then we've done some, you know, friends and family. We've raised some, you know, just a mixture of, yeah, friends and family. And then also we have a couple of bigger uh, investment groups that we work with. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, And you're about to go into another round, right? You're about to go into another raising phase here. Yeah. Correct. Yep. And um, yeah, I mean, look, there is a lot of money going around. Is there something else that you want from an investor? Is it a strategic angle? Like, is it someone that you trust a lot? You know, what what's most important in the investor? Yeah, you know, for us with this round, we're definitely looking for a strategic investor. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we love having our, so our biggest uh, outside investor uh, has, is, they're very active in the space and have a lot of portfolio companies uh, that we've been able to, you know, work with. And then also retail chains they own that we sell to. So yeah, maybe having an, an investor like that, you know, where, you know, we can find synergies with uh, their portfolio companies. Mm -hmm. um, that's, you know, really exciting. Mm -hmm. So taking this round as an opportunity to find a partner like that. Got it. And so obviously continue in California. You're in Florida now, I saw that yeah. launch. And then you just told me another state before we started. Where, where else? Yeah, so uh, Nevada was our first, then Florida. Uh -huh. We've been selling in Florida for over a year now. Yeah. Um, and that's been great. We actually sell as many units in Florida as we do, or almost as many units in Florida as we do in California. Wow. Yeah. So that's really big. And our partner, Liberty, uh, in, uh, in Florida, they have they're a ton great. of stores. I was looking at the yeah, There website. are like 45 stores yeah. now. Yeah. Um, and, and what's the competition like there? I mean, are there other quality vapes in it's, Florida? It's, uh, way less competition yeah, in Florida. Sure. I mean, everything has to be, you know, vertical in Florida. So, you know, we're competing with, you know, maybe three other vape Truly, brands in our, yeah. in our yeah. store within our network. And then, you know, not too many in the state as a whole. So, um, yeah, we definitely are a little bit spoiled in Florida. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then we're, we're actually just launched in Massachusetts last week. Mm -hmm. So I was in Massachusetts last week for the launch there. We're super excited about mass. I actually went to school in Massachusetts. Okay. So, uh, you know, know the state very well. Um, and then also in Massachusetts has become kind of the cannabis hub of the Northeast and just the East coast in general. So, you know, our, our, the shop that, the first shop we launched and they have, you know, most of their customers actually come up from Philly and from, you know, New York city. Got it, yeah. And so that's, it's really an East, East coast expansion uh -huh. versus just Massachusetts. Yeah. That's yeah, super so. exciting. It's so cool to see the East coast come online. Like, yeah. Um, I, I definitely foresaw that, but it's been in a different way than I think I, I foresaw. Um, Kind yeah, and you can, yeah. you can tell, you know, I went to the Harvest Cup in uh, Worcester um, last week, this past weekend, and you can tell it's just, you know, several years behind the California market. It, yeah. felt, it felt almost like, you know, a Cannabis Cup from 2016, um, which was really exciting. You know, I kind of miss those days. So, 
yeah, that was uh, really cool to see. So when you set up in these different states, how do you ensure the product quality given that the inputs are, are different? Well, at this stage, we've been focused on expanding with our with our classic line. Uh-huh. Um, so with that, it's, you know, pretty simple as, you know, the distillate, as long as it meets a certain level of purity, THC content, um, then it's, you know, we send the our terpene formulations to our partners and then they're mixing at a specific ratio, which mm-hmm. it's pretty hard to mess up. Um, and so a little bit, you know, like Coca-Cola, the way they operate, they create they have a centralized facility where they create their syrup and then they send it to their co, you know, their co-packers and partners. You know, we do a similar thing. Mm-hmm. So with the with our distillate line, our classic line, uh, it's easier to expand, you know, expand with for sure at at least you know relative to the live resin and then now this live rosin, where uh, you know that's a trickier situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like flour, right? Like yeah, or flour. Rolls. Yeah. Yeah. It gets tricky. It definitely. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to be, you know, we haven't really had to deal with that because again, it's been our expanding with our classic line. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's pretty straightforward with that. Are there other states on the horizon? What's next? Well, we're actually launching in Canada in January. Cool. Um, so that's really exciting. We're launching in Ontario first um, because it's province by province. Mm-hmm. And then uh, hopefully, you know, Alberta and then British Columbia soon after. Um, and then I think Saskatchewan after that, we've been told. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, and is so that with a particular partner or? Yeah, that's with that? Motif. Uh-huh. They're, uh huh. And they've been amazing. They're so, they're great. They've been, it's been awesome working with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're based in London, Ontario. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Very cool. It's been cool. Um, and beyond Canada, we'll see. There's other states. Yeah, yeah, other states, other countries, yeah. you know. So, yeah, just for us, our strategy moving forward, it's just new new territories and new products. You know, it's pretty um, simple. Give us a sense of the scale of the business today and where you would want to be with the money that you're going to raise. Yeah, so right now, you know, we're, we're – sell- we're sold in between 250 and 300 stores, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a little bit more than that around the country. We're selling in four States with Dom pen. Um, with this round, we're really looking to boost, uh, this new brand that we launched the co the COA pre-roll brand, Mm -hmm. um, you know, which increasing our sales is, you know, there's a lot of opportunity there, a ton of demand, but also just further diversifying our portfolio of brands. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, just going, expanding to more states, you know, we're looking at Missouri, uh, Illinois, Arizona. Uh, so, you know, raising uh, capital to launch in the new, um, in those new states as well. Mm-hmm. How much do you so, want to raise? A, a million. Got it. So not yeah, a huge, so not a huge, not how, a huge how amount. How do you get to that number? Uh, you know, we just kind of looked at the numbers and where we are and, you know, what, where we, you know, where we want to be. And, you know, I think at this state we're, we're profitable now. Um, and I don't think at, at this stage, we've built a system that is really efficient. 
Um, so I think we don't need that much to do a lot yeah. um, and to accomplish our goals. I give so you a lot of credit. That, that's awesome. That's, I mean, you know, people get excited when they see these $100 million raises. And I, I always think to myself, well, yeah, but they have to pay that money back. Exactly. Yeah. You know, like, um, so, yeah, the fact that you can take a small amount of capital and do a lot with it is is the point, right? You For must sure. still own a huge chunk of this business. You don't have to tell us, but you must still own a, a nice chunk because you have yeah. raised a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I I do. I'm, you know, the majority shareholder now, or I at least have more than other, you know, mm -hmm. shareholders. And one of my co-founders, I'm still really good friends with, he um, moved on to another business. So he has less shares now because he sold a chunk of his shares. Um, but uh, yeah, so at this stage, um, there's that. And then I, I'm also business partners with my brother. So, yeah. you know, he has... Uh, shares in the business and then um yeah let's talk about that kind of dynamic your your brother ben is here he's the coo like um how is it working together what 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 happens that we wouldn't expect i suppose it's a it's really great <laughs> for the for the most part yeah. i mean um but yeah i mean i think one of the things is ben and i have had you know our our lives to develop complementary skill sets and personalities, which make it, uh, I think, you know, easier to run the business. Um, he's just a very operations person. Um, and I'm, you know, an artist and more, you know, creative and, you know, when it comes to the marketing and branding, that's more, you know, my skill set. So we are really, really different. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's part of the reason why it works so well, because we're not, you know, competing or, you know, we know exactly what we do and we focus on that. Um, there's that. I mean, and then the other thing is, you know, when your fam, you know, when your family with your business partner, I mean, things are difficult, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, you, your family. So you have to make it work. Um, yeah. And you can trust them. And yeah. And then the trust too. I mean, having, uh, especially in, you know, cash only business and dealing with all the stuff we deal with, that's so important. So um, yeah, it's, it's been um, really good. We talked about you guys have been in this a long time since legacy. Um, how do you feel about the black market as it exists today. I mean, it's, you do everything to do everything right and pay the taxes. And, and there seems to be, at least in California, this like kind of preservation of it, or some people are still like proud of it. I don't know. Like, how do you feel about where we are there? Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely is very frustrating. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, it's one thing that people who are solely, you know, in the black market and operating that way, um, which, you know, and then there's another thing, you know, people who have one hand in the black market and one hand in the legal market, like a lot of our competitors are using money from the black market to subsidize their marketing and, you know, all of that stuff. So, you know, it feels a little bit, I mean, unfair, but at the same time, you know, it is what it is. And ultimately, um, it's the state's fault, I think, yeah. um, you know, the taxes are so high. And, you know, with, you know, the, with 280E and all of these things, it's just, it's so difficult. Um, so, you know, we need more local jurisdictions to come online. You know, I think they need to, hopefully at some stage, the state 
gets rid of the local, you know, takes the power away from the local governments and does what they did, in, I believe, in Colorado, where they say every local municipality has to allow for cannabis. Mm -hmm. At least I think they did that in Colorado. I think that would help out a lot. I think they need to lower the tax. Mm -hmm. um, and then another thing, too, is, you know, the state, and this has happened in other states, but especially in California, they have all the social equity measures, which is amazing. But we've seen that they say, okay, you know, you're, we're going to make it easier for you to be licensed, but then they, there's still the ta the tax, you know, they don't make it easier to raise money. So then, you know, you have a lot of people who are stuck with these licenses, you know, that aren't as valuable. Um, so the state has a lot to figure out mm -hmm. uh, and hopefully they will, it's just going to, you know, take some time. Um, and, you know, for us, we've always been focused on, um, the, you know, the legal market and, uh, you know, just from a brand, from the brand front, you know, we've, you know, made sure to kind of reach, you know, pe people that we know are buying cannabis and, you know, the med men's of the world. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. Is there something we can do as an industry? Like, do we need to have like a public service announcement or I don't know, like it seems like it should be a bigger rallying cry than it is. It should be. It really should be. I, I think that um, one of the issues now is there's a lot of, you know, it seems like there's some infighting between, you know, these different industry groups. I think we all just need to come together, you know, under one umbrella and, you know, fight the fight together. And, you know, a few groups have done a really amazing job and, um, you know, want to give credit where credit's due. They've, you know, We've come a long way, um, I think, but there's still a good bit to be done. And yeah, I think we just need to come together. I mean, I think one issue is a lot of legal operators are operating in both the legal and the black market space. So they don't actually want, you know, Correct. the change to happen. So I think that's an issue that it is an issue. we're running into. Yeah. And I guess the question for them is like, do we stay solvent and stay around? Or do we stop selling black market stuff, right? And yeah. maybe that's too simple, but um, it does seem like there's a lot of that happening. I mean, and I get it. It's tough. It's so hard to survive. It's basically, you know, for a lot of companies, you know, it's over the past couple of years, it's been so hard. It's been so competitive and you know, the costs are so high that they're forced to do it to survive. So, you know, it's also, you know, I understand that it's, um, you know, how difficult it is. Mm -hmm. And so you, why I are can't you guys still here? Everybody, uh, so many people have died, right? Years ago, they got out of this. Why do you think you guys are still around? I think we're still around because I don't know, maybe because we're younger, so we have blind optimism. No, but I, I think um, probably, you know, we're still here because, you know, we're, we have a really strong team. We're really close. Again, like my business partners, my brother, my other business partners, my roommate from college. Mm -hmm. And we have, uh, and we've been, I think, really great to our employees and their, um, you know, it's been really difficult. And I think people have been willing to, uh, 
you know, put in those extra hours and put in that extra effort because, you know, they, because we're, you know, a family. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's. That's well said. No, I think you're why. right. I think yeah. you're right. Um, I want to switch uh, in the last few minutes, talk about sort of you behind the, the company, the entrepreneur behind the company here. Um, if you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? What would I be doing? Well, I went to film school. Okay. And then I, I dropped out, but I, I was in the kind of um, media world. So I was doing music videos professionally. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe I'd be doing that. I actually, I also, in between doing that and then uh, launching Dom Pen, I was, I had another business. I was actually developing a virtual reality camera. Mm -hmm. So I'd maybe be doing that. Cool. And, you know, getting into, patent fights with Facebook, which doesn't sound fun at all. So I'm pretty happy I'm doing this. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a lot, a lot more fun than, than that. What's, so. um, what's the best part of this job? Best part of this job, uh, getting to do, to wear a bunch of hats. You know, I, I don't like doing the same thing every day. So you know, I get to do so many different things and I'm just so grateful for that. Um, you know, I still like direct our commercials for instance, but then, you know, then also raising capital and putting together decks and meeting with investors is fun. And, um, you know, just a, a bunch of different, get, getting to do so many different things, uh, you know, keeps it exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. That routine is, uh, Routine is not good for people, I yeah. actually think. As much as they crave it, it's not really good for them, I don't think. For sure. It doesn't push you that much. Um, this I, has been really fun. Go ahead. I was say? just going to say, I think another thing, too, is, you know, I feel like we're having a super positive impact on, you know, people's lives. And, you know, that's also really exciting. It's nice to sell a product that, you know, is really helping people. And, you know, it's easy, you know sitting behind a computer and looking at data to forget that, you know, we're actually helping people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's in, once you go into shops and meet with customers and stuff, you know, that's also really rewarding as well. So that's yeah. a great part of the job. Absolutely. Um, I think that's as good a place to wrap up as any here. Uh, how can we help you? How can the audience help you? Are you well, hiring yeah. something or yeah, really, you know, our focus is just on this investment round. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can, uh, if you're, you know, interested in, um, in the cannabis space and, and the brand space specifically, uh, we're forecasting a lot of growth and again, we're raising a million dollars, which is, you know, a lot less than other people. Um, but you know, for the, yeah, but so that's probably, you know, cool. what we're most interested yeah, in connecting with. About. Yeah, that's now. a great ask. Also, you know, new states, if you're, uh, you know, looking, uh, if you're interested in licensing brands, uh, we have a great system at this stage and we do really well in the um, other states we operate in. So, yeah, that's another thing. Good stuff, man. Well, thanks for having me. It's been a great day. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thank you.